everybody, it is the premiere episode of Hit Rewind. What's Hit Rewind, you might ask? Well, Jacob, my co-host on the other side. Say hello, Jacob. Hello, everybody. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Um, <laughs> our show is an amalgamation of other shows that we did for Retro Rock Entertainment for the last uh, six years. Uh, Back in Tunes was a show that we did about animation, and it is basically coming to an end. We only have a few episodes left. The uh, other shows we had, Video Night is going on hiatus, uh, Trash Cinema is almost done, uh, Comics on Infinite Earths is done. It's just one of these things where I realize I'm doing too many shows, I'm exhausted, we both work full-time jobs, it's fucking insane trying to get other people involved. Um, Jacob's just basically been with me since the beginning, um, and uh, Old Reliable, and basically my best friend. <laughs> I miss you so much. <laughs> Damn it, now I'm gonna cry, I promised myself I wouldn't. So, if you've never heard this show before, we're two fucking weirdos who go off into strange <laughs> tangents. We uh, sing, we dance, so you won't be able to see the dancing, obviously. You might be hearing my clogging, though. You might hear, like, you know, the, uh, you know, there's a... Bruh, bruh, bruh. Um, you just, we do voice uh, characters and stuff like that. We're kind of insane. At the same time, we <laughs> like to deconstruct retro stuff. Hit Rewind is a double meaning for us. Hit Rewind is us basically... Talking about retro stuff, the plan, I, I think I worked it out in my head, is to start off in 1980. I don't want to go into any 70s stuff, you know, we're all done with you know anything before 1980, and then work our way through the episodes. One episode we'll talk about cartoons from 1980 that we haven't already discussed. That's the rules, we can't cover any cartoons we've already discussed. Uh, maybe classic comedies in 1980, action movies in 1980, and then we cycle through everything from that year. Music from 1980, One Hit Wonders, stuff like that. And then we go to another patch where we do 1981, 82, 83. We just do that, you know, four or five episodes for each year. And kind of a, we're working towards a variety show. So it'll be our initial stuff. And uh, we'll discuss, like, any sort of movie news and stuff like that that pertains to anything retro coming back. Sequels, updates, remakes, you know, stuff like that. Pop culture nerdiness mixed in with a retro and then we always add in bonus stuff from our old episodes that I've cleaned up, trimmed down, you know, got rid of some of the dead air and stuff like that and tried to, you know, bring the volume up because in the beginning, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then we're going to have our friends come in and, and we'll, sh we'll play music and then comedy bits and stuff like that. So it's going to be basically a carnival of a podcast. And I, I want it to be a lot of fun. Try to drop some of the... You and I, Jacob, are known for being very political. And for the most part, I'm going to kind of skip over that. Um... Because I think we always dead stop for like 10 minutes in this weird, dark, depressing thing. I kind of just want to have fun. Exactly. You know, we may not be girls, but we want to have fun too. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Cue the song. Da, 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 um, I can't get my voice at Oh, girls! <laughs> just want to have fun. Oh my god, my voice is back. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I um, just got over a sinus infection not too long ago, so oh, god, I didn't know my that. voice as well. Yeah, everything. I'm like, I couldn't hit high notes. I couldn't scream. If I needed help, I'm, no, I'm already dead. So Too late. This is a pilot episode just to test how things go. It's seasonal. We both work in kind of, I do upfront retail where I'm really dealing with customers. You work in a warehouse. It's insane right now. So we don't have time for a full-fledged episode. The episodes are going to be long. They're going to be just like an hour and a half to two hours mixed in all sorts of different material. This one's going to be shorter. We're going to be discussing all things Ghostbusters. And it's going to be half of a new conversation about Ghostbusters because it's been uh, almost six years since... Was Ghostbusters our pilot episode of Bag and Tunes? I can't remember. I would say the real Ghostbusters was definitely one of the first cartoons we talked about. So I feel like Harold Ramis had died, and then we did 
Caddyshack commentary track, which um, commentary yes, tracks are just exhausting. I can't. I can never do that again. Two hours. Oh, gosh, yeah, no. Uh, and then oh. we finish that off with doing the real Ghostbusters. So there's a 20-minute or so clip at the end of this that is from six years ago. So some of the stuff's going to be kind of like, did this happen a long time ago? These guys are high. And I'll tell you this. I took a really long nap, and I just woke up. I did not realize it's 2019. I mean, I mean, what kind of craziness could possibly happen? I mean, seriously. Like, I mean, would we have a celebrity in the White House? That's just stupid. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's not the kind of celebrity that should be anywhere near it. <laughs> um, so, mm. uh, I literally said no political stuff, and look what I did. Um, so, Damn it, Michael! <laughs> so, in the time that we did the last episode, many things have changed in the world of Ghostbusters. Uh, IDW has collected up the classic run from Now Comics of the 80s, and uh, a lot of their stuff from, like, uh, seven or eight years ago. Ten years ago, I think, actually, is when they first started doing Ghostbusters comics. You never got the, sh the chance to read them. I got to read a few. Uh, I'm assuming you have Sadly, no. Uh, the Ghostbusters comic from Now um, had really good writing, but god-awful art and the worst coloring you've ever seen in your life because Now Comics was oh. a very small, independent company. They basically licensed titles. They hardly had anything original. I think Ralph Snart and a few others. Mm. They did Fright Night, the comic book, for a couple years. They did Ghostbusters, oh. Terminator, Married with Children was a huge seller. I had the first issue. Uh, Green Hornet, stuff like that. Okay, yeah, Terminator. I know they did some Terminator comics, and then they did the whole Robocop versus Terminator. Uh, uh, no, actually, that was, that was Dark Horse. Um, now comics oh, have gone out of business. Uh, Terminator is known because Alex Ross had started doing artwork ah. for them. And they lost the rights, and then when the RoboCop 3 was prepping, that's when they uh, licensed it to Dark Horse, and that's when we got RoboCop vs. Terminator. Oh, okay, now I know. Ah, oh, what I say? Didn't ask my Yeah, and then IDW uh, decided, I believe it's in 2009, I want to say it was around that video game. I never got to play the video game, did you? Uh, which one? Uh, was there more than one? See, I don't know. I'm really behind oh, the, on the video game. Oh, the Ghostbusters video game. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was like, we were talking about the conferences. But yes, I did play it. I... Absolutely loved it. They remastered it for the PS4, and I think it's available for other consoles as well, but I'm tempted to get it. And this just is, because. They did get the original cast for this, correct? Uh, yes, they did. They got the original cast. Even Pecker. They even got Pecker back. And Brian Doyle Murray as well. Because, okay. you know, Doyle Murray's brother, they're always working together, and, you know, they're all part of this original Sunday Night Live crew and uh, National Lampoon. The, um... So I believe when that game was coming out is when they licensed it out to IDW. Now, here's the thing. is Ghostbusters has blown up in the comic book world. I had no idea. I read a couple of the initial miniseries, and they're pretty good. Um, the art's fine. The storyline is great. They get trapped in hell, and they have to find a way to escape. They're not dead. They're just trapped oh. in a hell dimension. And um, oh. lately, they've been crossing over with G.I. Joe and Transformers and all the, you know, like Mask and stuff like that, ROM. Because IDW has a big license with Hasbro, so Ghostbusters and G.I. Joe are in the same universe right now, and that's really crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I believe it's a miniseries well, called Infestation, where all the dead come back. And uh, kind of like Blackest Night. It's a little like Blackest Night, I would believe. Nice. Oh, that's so dope. And who are you going to call? Yeah. Uh, apparently Storm Shadow. <laughs> oh, that'd be badass. Ninja okay, Busters. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, Storm Shadow, you're awesome, but you're not Snake Eyes, man. Sorry. <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> we watched Extreme Ghostbusters, which we never covered during the original episode. I didn't care for it, even though it is clearly full-on horror. They have taken it to a different level of just, I was, I was actually shocked it was in a cartoon. Yes, it was. I remember watching it uh, as a kid. I even had action figures that went with it. Cool art style. I always enjoyed it. And 
the latest uh, rewatching the episodes. Um, one in particular was the one we watched, episode five. I was like, wow, that's like Clyde Barker uh, influence for sure, and I kind of loved it. And you know, there was also a little nod to R.L. Stein, especially because you know it being a cartoon and you know uh, geared towards kids as well. You know, just mix up Clyde Barker and um, R.L. Stein. Yeah. In, yeah, exactly. And just naming the author in the cartoon of that episode, you know, Clyde Stein, I'm like, well, shoot, that's like the perfect blend right there. That's what this, that's what this cartoon is. So it, it's basically <laughs> a new generation. It's been, I think, it's been uh, about five years uh, since the last series. I want to say uh, it was 97, right? Is when the Extreme Ghostbusters premiere was on for a couple years? Yes, it was. And uh, in, in this cartoon, yeah, Egon's the one still carrying on with yeah. Slimer. Then he recruits like a new uh, a new group of kids, you know, younger, and they all each help out. And what was really great is that one of them was actually in a wheelchair, and I'm like, oh wow, yeah. Like, well, it's also for... it's a little forward thinking with multi ethnicity, and uh, I don't know something about it didn't click. I may I need to grab some more episodes and watch it. But um, well, that's interesting. Some shows, some networks call this Ghostbusters Dark. I didn't had no idea. Oh wow. Well, I mean, considering like the episode, I just. Uh, we recently watched. I'm like, oh yeah, no, this definitely took a dark turn. This is, which is kind of cool though. Uh, but I mean, there were some comedic moments for sure. But again, like the uh, even the uh, theme song was kind of like, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of the right the right musician that would go with this. Not exactly. Um, oh my god, uh, George Thorogood. Yeah, well, actually, I thought, no, I thought it had George... more of like almost like a metal, a cool metal kind of uh, uh, industrial feel to it. Yeah. Exactly, like a little bit more like a metal George Thorogood, somewhat. I was looking at the voice cast, and I didn't realize uh, Tara Sharandoff um, is in this, who I know is Tara Strong, who, yes, she did a ton of voice work, but I know her as the really slutty student from Nash Lampoon's class, or what is it, uh, uh, Senior Trip. Yes, oh, Tara Strong, that is her, my gosh. Oh my god, and she's, the vo- and she's like voiced Harley Quinn in... Uh... The Arkham video games and Batgirl in the new Batman animated series. Yeah, dude, she's been all over the place. And I believe uh, Powerpuff Girls and Rugrats. I know, E.G. Daly did Rugrats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who also but, was an actress in a bunch of teen movies. People, for, I think people forget sometimes that she was in uh, Better Off Dead, uh, singing the, the theme song, uh, Valley Girl, and then uh, she sings a couple songs for Summer School. I remember, but she oh, oh uh, Pee Wee, I forgot Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Dottie, and she also did some songs for the movie Scarface. I'm a loader, Dottie, a rebel. <laughs> but yeah, again, I was wondering, like, wait a minute, why is her voice so familiar? I'm like, ah, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't remember. Uh, we also have Alfonso Ribeiro. Um, what, what was his character on Fresh Prince? Shit. Oh, uh, he was Carl. Yeah, okay. Carlton. Carlton, okay, yeah, and I remember he was on Silver Spoons, too. Uh, I didn't realize he did any voice work. Uh, classic James Marsden, everybody knows him from the Goofy movie and tons of voice work uh, from Step by Step. I think he was in Boy Meets World for a while. Uh, what was it, The Monsters, uh, the second series that was in the 90s. I actually just saw him at uh, Portland Comic Con, and he looks amazing for, what is he, he's got like 45. Oh, wow, dang, good to know. Wasn't he also in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, or am I thinking of a different guy? Yeah, uh... What would he have been? He's so tiny. He's, uh, he's very Johnny short. Cage. No, 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 no. What? No, J- James Marsden is very short. He has brown hair. Uh, he's about five foot tall. Damn. I okay, don't know. I was wrong. 
I Maybe it's a similar well, name. Well, no, there, there's an actor in. That's right. I forgot. Johnny Cage gets his neck snapped in the beginning of Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah. That's the guy from Airborne. Yeah. I can't remember what his name is, but it's, it's not him. Uh, Marish Lamarche, ah. uh, who was, uh, I don't have to tell you, if you know cartoons, you know Pinky the Brain, probably is most famous, doing a, a version of, uh, I'm having a moment, guys, my brain's gone, please, Orson Welles, okay, Orson right. Welles. Ah, yes, of course, I mean, well, shoot, he, he is like the the closest voice to Orson Welles, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's really and... called Super Ghostbusters, but of course, we're getting into the 90s where everything's extreme, man. Okay, can I tell you something, this is, uh, I'm gonna offshoot for a second. <clears throat> Go ahead. I, um... I, uh, I've been revisiting. I watched a documentary on uh, the guy, uh, Lou Pearlman, who ripped off all those boy bands in the 90s and went to prison. And uh, I went down oh. a wormhole because it was a, it was a genre that I've never really explored. And I actually, like, the mere idea of it just nauseated me. And I didn't realize how everybody just looked like they're out of a Limp Biscuit video. Everybody had these tips. Frosted tips and dyed spiky hair and weird clothes. And I forget, like, 20 years ago, that's what we dressed like. So weird. So it, it makes sense. This is from that era, and it would be extreme Ghostbusters. Extreme. Oh yeah, no. Especially when that, you know, whole. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, when the whole BMX, like you know, skater, you know. X Games. Yeah, X Games like really like influenced pop culture and design. Yeah, and you see, I remember you that see shit in this like cartoon. huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh hell, even I had blonde hair for a while. Like, Did you? <laughs> pony boy status. Oh, wow. Ponyboy status. Stay gold, man. <laughs> Do for Johnny. Do for Johnny, man. <laughs> you got to get, like, an uh, underbite. Do for Johnny, man. I can't. I can't get it. Um, <laughs> Matt Dillon, man. Matt Dillon. <laughs> All right, so that is it, basically, what I want to say on the cartoon. Uh, nowhere nearly as good as the original, I believe. Uh, just some of the magic's missing, but the horror element is just cranked up. Yeah, no. I Like I said, it does have its perks. I actually enjoy it. So, I read when we watched the originals, and you'll notice in the later chunk of this episode where I bitch about Bill Murray goofing off, that I want to know more about the serious stuff that Egon and Ray are talking about. And I kind of just let go of all that, and I watched it again, and I had so much fun watching both of them. I still don't get the annoyance with part two. I think it's perfectly fine. Yes, there is a little repetition for the first movie, but I, last time I checked, most sequels have repetition in them. It's really hard not to. It's characters and situations you love. I didn't realize that Rick Moranis is barely in it. It looks like he shot everything in like four days. Oh, yeah. Um, and the uh, first or second movie? The second movie. You can see that because this is when he was shooting Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Parenthood at the same time. So it looks like he oh. went on. I'm guessing he probably did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids first because it took so long to do the special effects. Then he probably fit Ghostbusters in between that and Parenthood. And you can see everything is basically like all one day in the courthouse, all one day in the apartment, and then maybe one day running around New York. And that's about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And him having like such a busy schedule, considering he was all over the place, and right. he was really blown up. And you, can, yeah. you can also probably but, the same thing with Annie Potts, because she's barely in it, and she was also shooting Designing Women at the same time. Mmm, bro. Yeah, you know, now, now looking back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, they really aren't in it as much as I thought, because especially... When I watched it as a kid, I felt like they were in the movie like the entire time, yeah. especially during the commercial shoot and whatnot, which was... <laughs> so what I did know, looking into the history the of this, is I don't like the fact that on both movies, they took stuff away from uh, Winston and gave it to other characters, especially Bill Murray, because Ernie Hudson wasn't as big of a name, he couldn't fight for it, he was just great oh. for being it, but... They really do screw him in the first movie. He barely has anything to do. The second one, they give him more, but he is clearly 
And it just it annoys me to no end because Ernie Hudson's a really great actor, and I thought he was very good in these movies, and they should have just given him more. Exactly. I mean, equal bows. Is he even on the poster for part two? I think he is, but I know he's not on the poster for the first movie, which I think is bullshit. Mm, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he only shows up, like, what, maybe halfway through the movie? Yeah, but, I mean, he's so cr- uh, critical to the rest of it, so that, that he still should have been on there. Oh, yeah, no, oh, definitely in the second one, for sure. I mean, one, he was part, He was pretty much in the entire movie. You know, wasn't just half Z's, not this time. And he saved Egon and Ray in that uh, photo-developing uh, room. Right, definitely, yeah. And the, and the second one, I, I gotta tell you... Um, I, I just think the scary elements are cranked up a little bit, and I know I've said cranked too many times, sorry. I just got watching the, uh-huh. done watching a Jason Statham double feature, okay? So the word cranks <laughs> on my mind. No, um... Right. Peter, what is his name? He's from Dragon Slayer. He was on, uh... Alan Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol is absolutely phenomenal. He is, oh, he is on a different planet with his performance. It kind of makes up for the fact that Rick Moranis isn't in it because he is even crazier and weirder. Doing this crazy oh, yeah, the, accent. <laughs> the um sorry the uh yeah so i think i think the first two work really well i forgot about this i had a book cover for my history class that was from ghostbusters 2 that i bought one of those book fairs i had that on there forever i love ghostbusters 2 i watched it so many times i think i've seen it more than part one. Oh yeah i know i think i was a little bit more familiar with the second one than i was the first one uh, same with robocop you know i was born in 88 and that came out like a year after I was born. You know, didn't yeah. have as much of an influence on, on me as Batman did, but man, shit. Well, they Batman made the biggest points. mistake. You, they opened huge and they came out a week before Batman, and when Batman came out, they just wiped it clean. Also, the fact that they yeah. weren't even ready. Ghostbusters 2 was not finished, and the studio forced them to finish it fast. They, they were told it was going to be for Christmas. And man, they just, Columbia Pictures just fucked them over. They had more time. And they wouldn't have had as much competition, oh. and I don't know. It just seems so stupid they did that. Though it would have been facing Back yeah. to the Future too, and probably would have, they probably would have eaten each other. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. She's thinking about that. Yeah, definitely. I think about oh, the summer. I did not of, know that. The summer of '84 had a bunch of delayed sequels, like Gremlins two, Ghostbusters two, Terminator two. Um, oh yes. But you know, movies you sat around waiting forever for, and. Um, I just, I just remember little things from watching the first movie is I remember jumping on my parents' waterbed and I had a little Ghostbusters <laughs> gun that had a kind of a projector in it. It had a light bulb and you pulled the trigger and it had a little disc in it with different ghosts in it. And every time you pulled the trigger, there would be a different ghost and the light would shine or whatever and you'd zap the ghost. And playing the oh, music wow. uh, from the first soundtrack in, you know, off my, gi- my parents' gigantic silver uh, double cassette player... <laughs> Playing Save the Day, dun, 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 Save the Day, and just running around the bedroom, whatever, attacking ghosts. I just remember that so vividly. I don't blame you. I mean, um, I think it was one Christmas. We even had a home video. I was rewatching some of the old stuff. Um, my brother Eddie had like the goggles and like the ones that would shoot out those little foam bullets and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah we had it all. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> here's the thing is, I don't remember any of the songs from Part Two, and I, that's so strange. I know there's a Bobby Brown one in there, but it's just none of the songs are as catchy. Oh, definitely not. I mean, yeah, there's like the little remix of uh, the original Ghostbusters theme, but that was about it. It was like during that whole montage when they're back in business and catching ghosts all over the place. I still but, don't... Yeah. Can you explain to me... This is the only reason... I, I, I have a theory, but I'm not sure. It's also an insulting theory. Um, so they're, they're falling apart in, in the second movie, and Ray and Winston are off doing fucking birthday parties, which makes no sense to me because Ray is a scientist, 
and Egon's, you know, working in that field, and then, and, and, uh, um, oh, shit, what is Bill Murray's character name? Why do I Bankman. do Bankman. Bankman. Peter. Uh, Peter Bankman is doing the TV show. You, th- you really believe that Egon and Peter, with all that money, and uh, I would say in quotation marks, power, would let their friends go to stupid birthday parties? That is, I don't understand that plot point at all. Yeah, no. I mean, especially with how, like, you know, they were treated. All those kids were, like, upset and looking for He-Man, but, yeah, no. You're right. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Ray is a brilliant <laughs> man, and you don't think that he could help get Winston a better job? Maybe they could work at a lab together? Winston wasn't a exactly. moron. That's the thing is, Winston was never a moron. He's just blue-collar. He doesn't work in that field, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't understand it. Exactly. I know, especially with Egon explaining it to him in the first movie. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is, it doesn't, just because you don't know about it doesn't mean you're dumb. Because at no point does Winston... Exactly. Winston has... The minute he's it's explained to him, he has complete understanding of it. It's just something he had never it's, experienced. It's the same thing for you and I. I wouldn't know what these things were, but I'm not a moron. Exactly. I mean, he could help be a lab technician. I mean, they could show him the, they could show him the ropes, and he could learn... And he's a quick learner. Yeah. And I, I just... I, Come the, on! The second one's really scary, though. Man, that, that scene in the uh, subway station when they're all down there, and all those fucking oh, heads are on the yeah. spikes. <laughs> oh, God, yes. And then, of course, when, like, Vigo takes over... Uh, takes over Ray, and he's, like, all, like, kind of distorted, and yeah, yeah. has those bulbs coming out of his back of his forehead. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, Not to mention, like, uh, the character Vigo himself, like, his, uh, like, his introduction when he's talking about, you know, mountainous skulls on a throne of blood, oh, yeah, castle yeah, yeah, yeah. of pain. I'm like, damn, that, look, that imagery right there would be an awesome heavy metal album. So sure. the second one didn't do as well as the first one, obviously, but the first one's a phenomenon. It made like $250 million in theaters. That's counting it got re-released a couple of times. Uh, back when they used to right. do that. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 um, only made $109 million off of... The first one cost $30 million, The second one cost $40 million. Um, I've also heard reports of 50 but I, I would be surprised if it was only 40 because the special effects aren't that cranked up. I did it again. i got to stop. <laughs> the, the word of the day is crank. Um... Damn it, I hate ah! I went around for a, a month just saying the word Nimrod after I heard George Carlin saying. I don't know what the hell that was about. You fucking Nimrods. <laughs> um, but so there was, and it, it was huge on video. It did very, very well on cable. So they talked for a long time about doing, um, uh, you know, a part three. And Bill Murray wasn't really interested. And he was talking about maybe doing a cameo or an and. And everybody else is still interested. And then they had the falling out from Groundhog Day. And then Harold Ramis and Bill Murray weren't talking to each other. And then they said, well, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it with the new generation. Where they talked about Farley and Chris Rock, you know, being added to the team, you know, passing it <laughs> off. They, they talked about that forever, and nobody would sign off on it. And then I think everybody just got tired of waiting around, and that's when they decided to do the new Ghostbusters, which at the time of the previous episode, we didn't know it even existed. I thought the trailer sucked. It had nothing. I'm going to make sure very, very clear. None of this has anything to do with them being women. None. I am completely fine with female Ghostbusters, mixed uh, race, uh, sex. I don't care. Diversify. It's great. Because it's not about men. Yeah. It's about the storyline. And I exactly. actually I actually did not like uh, the 2016 Ghostbusters that much. I thought there was interesting elements. I thought there was funny bits. But I didn't realize oh, yeah. until I watched it this time which version I was watching. I was not watching the theatrical cut. I was watching the extended edition. And that's why it felt bloated. It's like an extra 27 minutes, I think, on the extended cut that you gave me. Yeah, I don't think I actually got that for you. I had never oh. bought that movie. Well, really? So I don't know who... I mean, my sister gave it to me. I've only Maybe. ever seen the extended cut, and it's too bloated. I want to see the original cut. 
So I'm not going to pass yeah. final judgment, but I enjoyed it way more this time than I did the first time. In fact, yeah. Um, it, with the exception of the fact that there's just there needs to be editing, I thought the storyline was great. I thought the characters were a lot of fun. Uh, maybe there was too many gadgets. It was uh, the too many ghosts. I think they need to trim back a little bit. They would have saved on the budget and also the fact that um, when you add so many elements to it, it's it's hard to focus on it on the rules of it, like those weapons that they create. Um, and, and she has these two things where she's punching the ghosts, and she's just taking them out like crazy. And I was like, are those the rules of Ghostbusters now? I didn't realize you could just punch them with the you know phantom whatever it is that electricity power. Oh uh, yeah, it's like basically the same energy that like. Um gives the boosts on their, like, tethers, but at, like, close-range uh, combat. Okay. But, and plus, it got Kate McKinnon, again, she always Oh, she steals she's this. She's so hilarious. Yes. Oh, my God. And her design of her character, she looks like the cartoon version of Egon, like the oh, curl hair like that and the gl big old glasses. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No. So this movie said it was reported to cost $144 million. Now, here's the thing a lot of people don't know about movies. When a movie is in mm -hmm. pre-production for a very long time... It has to absorb all of those costs. So every time they developed a script and attached actors and writers and directors or whatever to a, uh, a Ghostbusters sequel, which is supposed to be three forever, that costs money. Right. And they have to roll that into the eventual cost of whatever Ghostbusters gets made. It costs $144 million. I'm telling you right now, it probably cost about 110 and the 3D maybe cost Ooh. another $10 million on top of that. So you're talking possibly $25 million in pre-production costs. Over what uh, oh. a, a twenty-six year period of time of waiting? Yeah, right. That's a lot of cost that you're eating, and um, mm. the movie wasn't a flat-out stinker. It made two hundred thirty million dollars worldwide. Uh, it made very, very good money on video, and they talked about possibly doing another one. And they said, "Well, what if we have alternate universe versions where there's a boys Ghostbusters led by um, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Channing Tatum. Yeah, Channing Tatum. Thank you." Uh, you know, that he was going to lead a team and they were going to cross over, you know, into Dimensions and meet up with the girl Ghostbusters. And obviously that never happened. And, uh, well, here we are with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, what looks like to be about a 40 or $50 million really tightly budgeted, smaller focus. Uh, it's almost like an antithesis to the bloat of Ghostbusters 2 and the 2016 Ghostbusters. I should just call it Answer the Call because that's basically what they say. <laughs> it's, it's, not much, yeah. it's not a remake of Ghostbusters. It almost feels like an alternate universe Ghostbusters, where it's just I, a spinoff of sorts. I, yeah, actually, yeah. No, I think it's like a sequel. It takes place like years after. Um, I'm pretty sure that's uh, Egon's granddaughter, because when she's looking in the closet, she sees the suit, and I'm like, it says uh, Spangler. I'm like, yeah. So what they're oh, trying wow. to, I've heard people argue is like, well, how could they possibly have? Because the movie was in '89, Part Two was in '89. How could he have kids in 89, 90 or whatever, and they have kids, they would have to have him like, I was like, we don't know anything about Egon. We don't know anything about any of their personal lives except for Peter, basically. So exactly. who says between Ghostbusters 1 and 2 that he didn't have a relationship and fa a father or uh, uh, some children? Exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean he had divorce. Maybe he just had an affair and uh, or whatever or had a girlfriend and she got pregnant. Maybe she never even told him for a while, you know, and he didn't know in Ghostbusters 2. They literally say nothing yeah. about their lives. Exactly, and not to mention in the trailer, they said, like, well, our grandfather, like, you know, I guess to our inheritance, we uh, get his farm, so we're going to have to move out there. So I'm like, okay, so not even the kids know. And then they uncover and unearth all the uh, equipment, and even Paul Rudd, who's like, a, you know, he was a, his character himself, uh, seems to be like an actual fanboy and knows about the Ghostbusters stuff and said, there hasn't been sightings of ghosts in over 30 years. So I'm like, oh, okay. 
So the, 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 it ignores the 2016 version, but I still feel like that is in an alternate universe because with with all the original cast showing up, and at no point do any of them call themselves the names of the characters in the first ones. You know, none of them have the last name or modified girl versions of either. You know, exactly. Any names. So it feels like if something went wrong in one of their ghost battles and it created a split universe where they existed, but they don't, they're not the same people. Like just one thing went differently. Then that's what I think. Yeah, like when be. they, you're right. Like when they cross the streams and they close those doorways uh, when they fought Zool. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Gozer. Yeah, and you know, at the uh, end, I always get that confused, by the way. Zool is uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, correct? Right? Yes. The one that possesses the, uh, her? Okay. And then Gozer is the main villain. And they mention at the end of 2016 Ghostbusters, Gozer, right? Or no, no, they, they mentioned Zool. Who is Zool in the Exactly, yeah, because, um, oh gosh, uh, I'm, Leslie Jones is like listening in on the device. Right. <clears throat> but man, like I said, again, Kate McKinnon just stole the show. Chris Hemsworth was hilarious. He was. <laughs> it was, it was a pretty great performance. <laughs> but uh, Kristen Wiig's just like kind of always Googling over him. Yeah, like, oh, he's such a dumbass. So dumb. Again, it was, again, their, um, again, their style of comedy, you know, but I, like I said, uh, as you mentioned, like the science aspect of it, the paranormal um, uh, studies, all that is what held up. And that was like the key, one of the key elements of Ghostbusters. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so I'm excited yeah. about this new one. It's in uh, the hands of Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman, who has shown a lot of talent uh, for doing movies that aren't like this. So it's kind of interesting. So I think his focus is on the characters and not so much the special effects. Right. And, you know, special effects these days, again, could be – they seem like they could be a little bit more uh, simplified. Yeah. And, and, and budgeted. And, and you got – it's got a bit of a Stranger Things vibe besides the fact that they got Finn Jones in it or whatever his name is. What is his name? Finn Wolf Jones or something like that? Finn uh, Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. That sounds like a fucking fake name. That sounds like from a Let sword sorcery book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're like, you know, huge Dungeons & Dragons fans and Stranger Things, so... <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's some of that element in it, but I, th I think this is an interesting direction. And when, when he said he was going to put the movie back in the hands of the fans, I think that was a misstep, but also a misunderstanding by people who want to jump shit on everything. They're so angry. Everybody's angry about everything now, and it's just, oh, dear God, people, calm down. Oh, no, I think it's just these are the unheard ones from back in the day before the internet. So now that they, now that there's the internet, they have a voice. Sadly. Oh, God, and they're all still pissed about Last Jedi. Jesus. The best Star Wars like, movie. Crime, yeah. In my opinion, the best Star it Wars is. movie. It's, it's even slightly better than Empire Strikes Back, slightly. Yeah, I know, and that's and that's saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, like I said, it's great. And make, honestly, watching that a second time, I'm like, God, it made me want more. I'm like, I cannot wait to see Rise of Skywalker now. Yeah, it's, uh, and I don't, I don't know what J.J. Uh, Abrams is going to do to it to fix anything. I mean, it was under his guidance in the first place. So I can't imagine he wouldn't agree to the things that were changed. And a lot of it is about giving up on uh, expectations. Be ready to pivot when things change. So, you know, I, I think, I just think Star Wars... Because it shouldn't have to stay the same. Right, right. It's about growing up. It's about maturing with the franchise. Exactly. Letting go, letting go. Yeah, I mean, and Kylo Ren points that out perfectly in The Last Jedi. Yeah. It's, uh, Somewhat. I, I know this is, I know this is the antithesis of any pop culture thing that's going on right now because every YouTube video, every podcast now that's pop culture oriented, it's more popular to shit on things. That gets all the clicks. It gets all the views. And, and I'm not about that. There's some things I and generally, there's some things I generally don't like, but I just, we're in a fucked up world right now, and I just kind of want to focus more on the positive stuff. And if there's something that doesn't work out, explain why it doesn't work out. Don't shit on it, because there's almost always something you can find to like about it. It's just it just didn't go in the direction <laughs> you wanted it to. 
Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure their expectations were probably, um, or what they expected, was something far too formulaic and far too uh, predictable. Like, because they're so hung up on the extended universe uh, in the novels. Don't get me wrong. Timothy Zahn created some great, uh, created some great characters, created some great stories, a lot of plot holes. Some things like didn't match up, but again, I'd rather have something new and different, especially by you know someone who is a huge Star Wars fan like J.J. Abrams. Yeah. And this is what I. This is one of the the funny thing is when um, when Disney first bought Star Wars, uh, or they first bought Lucasfilm, they're going to make new Star Wars movies. I this was like around 2012, and Joss Whedon was like a huge success. And anybody who knows him knows he's a huge Star Wars fan, especially considering that Serenity and Firefly were, you know, his versions of Millennium Falcon. Uh, I said, like, if it's not going to be uh, Joss Whedon who's going to handle a Star Wars film, it's going to be J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I just, uh, th- I think that's going to be the focus of the show, though, is trying to focus on positive things. You might Precisely. hear some you might hear some negativity in some of the older episodes. Uh, when uh, I think we were first recording this uh, show is right when my parents had separated and my dad was a psychopath and things were just going horribly wrong. And there's a couple moments where I was basically, you remember, I was basically homeless, living in a garage and... You know, Willow got sick. So you're going to hear things throughout the past that might be super negative or depressing. Uh, you're, it's just a, a reflection on who we were when we first started the show and then where we are now. Exactly. And honestly, you know some of those, like, hateful videos that are trying to justify their hate for Last Jedi? I'm sorry, but none of it holds up, especially when they try to criticize Luke or bitch about Ray's journey. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her journey's pretty much the same, except she actually believes in the Jedi Order and thinks <laughs> they should come back. All right. And... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go too far into that, because we can save that for another episode. Oh, God, yes. Because the movie's coming out <laughs> like in five days. Mind you, I am not going that first week. No way in hell. I hate people. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, you might have a good chance at a matinee. Like Maybe. Early showings? You know, That's I it. went and saw Avengers uh, Endgame about two weeks in, and I went during the day, and I was like, there's a ghost town in there. What the hell? Downtown Salem, it's a government-run city, basically, so everybody's basically doing government stuff, and, and no one's at the movies, apparently, so. Damn. Hmm. I thought, was, I thought like, you know, Salem still had covens of witches, and... <laughs> yeah. No, we no have, offense. We have covens of rednecks. It's Salem, Oregon, not no. Salem, Massachusetts. Damn it. All right, everybody. wrong. Wrong Salem. Sorry. So this pilot episode is going to be on our regular network, Retro Rock Entertainment. I'm going to try to rebuild everything for Hit Rewind, because it's, it's just, it, we're like a phoenix, we're going to rise out of the ashes. And we'll try to come in like wrecking balls, like Miley Cyrus. No, no. Well, how, oh, okay, sorry. All right. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> check us out on Facebook under Retro Rock Entertainment for now, and uh, Twitter, same thing, Retro Rocket, and uh, Jacob, send us out. All right, everybody. Namaste and good luck. Have a good night. Enjoy your holidays. <laughs> We've hit rewind this entire episode, so it's time to go back to the future. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters! Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you!
Proton Pack and Ghost Popper Gun, each sold separately. The real Ghostbusters from Kenner. The Ghostbusters are back! And we're the official headquarters. You know what that means. We're gonna be busy? You better believe it. Remember, guys, only we've got what every Ghostbuster wants. Chicken sticks? Ghostbusters! Who are you gonna call? When you see a ghost, blast. I don't see any ghost. See? It works. I ain't afraid of no ghost. They're here! Hey, let's cook. Collect all four Ghost Blasters only at Hardee's. Tonight on the ABC Sunday Night Movie, something strange is in the neighborhood. Somebody get me the Ghostbusters. Now it's showtime. And who are you going to call? In the big time. Times Square Slime. For the second time. Yes, we're back. It's slime time. It looks like a giant jello mold. Dan Aykroyd. I hate jello. Bill Murray. Come on, there's always room for jello. Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis. Let's go. The second time is the best time. And now, the ABC Sunday Night Movie, Ghostbusters 2. Alright, welcome everybody to the very first episode of Back in Tunes. Uh, it's going to be our special show devoted to cartoons of the 80s and 90s. Uh, we usually just run through a commentary track over one episode, so it's a little bit shorter than our other podcast. Um, we'll have a mix of everything from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, kind of see how we uh, remember them, or some of those cartoons that I will have never seen before, and the same thing for Chris and Jacob. So do you want to introduce the, uh, the episode? What are we watching today? All right, so this is the very first episode of... Ghostbusters, so season one, episode one. Do we know how many seasons this ran for? You know, I, I think it was like six or seven. It's one of six, the longest okay. running cartoons. Um, usually cartoons lasted two or three seasons, and that was it. This one lasted a very long time. I know it lasted long enough to hit the point where it went to Slimer in the real Ghostbusters because he was so popular. That's right. He actually became a his own icon. Yeah, eventually. and then became Extreme Ghostbusters for like three or four seasons. I mean, that was a, a total of probably ten seasons. Anybody here ever drink the uh, the Slammer High C? Oh, who do, who didn't? As a child, was one everybody of the best did. Ever when you were was it actually green? Yes, I think it was. I think it was. It was actually green. Yeah. Green. Wow. It's pretty and crazy. Uh, and this episode is titled "Citizen Ghost." All right, so uh, fire up your DeLorean, hit that flux capacitor that's fluxing, and we're going back in tunes. And where we're going, we don't need roads. We just need a YouTube. <laughs> and yes, uh, if you don't know where to get this. Uh, we are watching this on YouTube. It's uh, easy to catch. There's so many cartoons. Eat heck, even Peter Pan and the Pirates is on YouTube. We gotta, oh, we gotta do that one sometime. I've never even heard of that one. This is gonna happen a lot, I imagine. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm a child of the 80s and children of the 90s, so we're gonna get a good mix. Actually, Chris, you're kind of I'm, I'm right in the middle. Late. I'm late, mid late 80s. I'm G.I. Joe, you're Teen Ninja Turtles, and you're probably X Men. And Batman the Animated Series. And they, yeah, and they turned Sl- they turned Slimer into a good guy. That you know, that way kids could love him even more now. It seemed like in the second movie that he actually became a little uh, heroic, or not just not a horrible monster. That's right. He drove uh, Rick Moranis to the uh, museum. This is some pretty horrifying monster. Okay, Return of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. How? I have no idea. Ah, no, exactly. But you know, honestly, yeah. Keeping the song. Keeping the same song was the best thing they could have Yes, done. they did. The look has changed a little bit, but they really did a good job of making it like stick to the movie's, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, like iconic look. It's, uh, of course, it's like Mythos, or it's 
Well, they actually had to call us the real Ghostbusters because of the, uh, I think it was Funimation? Filmation. Filmation. It was the, yeah, Filmation already had a cartoon called Ghostbusters. <laughs> and it, and in fact, it was based on a TV show, a live-action TV show in the 70s from the same company. Um, it had hmm. very storage from F Troop, and it had like an ape and everything. So it was a real live-action show. Oh. When the movie was successful, um, they brought out the new cartoon like a year or two later. It's okay. It's not great by any means, but... This episode is written by J. Michael Straczynski, who would go on to create Babylon 5. Oh, wow. And become an excellent, excellent comic writer. Yeah, I was, I was, this animation, I think this is the same animation studios who did like the Marvel did the Marvel cartoons at the time. And the Robocop animated series. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of the cartoons. Well, back then, they were all sourced to the same place, weren't yeah, they? A lot of the same is, places. I don't know how I never noticed as a child, but a lot of those cartoons were not made in America. They were, they were produced by American companies, but everything was sent overseas, so it kind of had like an anime style to it. Which is. Which is why it's like if you notice, like there's a book and it's like, and it's written backwards. That I could open backwards, like from right to left, not left to right. Yeah, and this one isn't as obvious though. It's like wait, is a GI Joe Transformers where you can see heavy, heavy anime influence. Oh, I gotta look up this actor's name because he actually sounds like Bill Murray, and he actually played Garfield. He used to be like, I think commercials for butter or something. Like that. <laughs> Wow, man. Oh, God. I can't... Just watching this after so long really makes you miss it. Ugh. Just pick the tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really pushed this cartoon. Especially pushed... Um, pushed. I said pushed. Uh, they pushed uh, Slimer a lot. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, Slimer being a big, you know... Merchandising. Yeah, merchandising. Merchandising. Where the real money from the movie is made. Yes, you know, he was a big merchandising logo, especially with kids. I mean, of course, kids loved all this weird, all the weird stuff. I didn't really have the toys. It was right as I was starting to get out of toys, but I do remember having the gun from it. It had, like, these little discs that go on the mm. side. Oh, God, yeah. Pictures of different ghosts. Did you ever have the one that had the giant styrofoam Yes. that came out as the beam? It was, like, the backpack. You know what? And then you could pull the trigger, and I it was one of those, like, bing, 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 bing toys. I think toys. actually still owns that. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those, and I had the, um, the ghost trap, which was really cool. I like how it's the first episode and it's just established that there's ghosts and oh my God. they're already buddies. And of course, yeah, and of course, and this stays true to Bill Murray's character. Indefinitely. That's what I liked about this animated show, too. Did this come out after the movies or before the it movies? It came out right as the second one had come out. It was okay, like so the, the characters are kind of already established yeah. as a style or a type. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, literally reference to the first the movie. movie. Yeah. Second. Uh, Gozer was. Oh no. Sorry. Gozer was Gozer the was first, first one. The second one was oh. Vigo. <laughs> Dude, Vigo. I actually like the second one a lot. <laughs> it doesn't have as much pop as the first movie, but there's a lot of goofy crap going on. <laughs> I got like Peter McNichol. Oh god, Peter McNichol was I thought was just damn right hilarious. Arsenio Hall was Winston's Endemore. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it sounded so familiar. Wow. Oh my god, that's awesome. Okay, so Lorenzo Music played the voice of Peter Bankman before years later David Coulier would take over, you know, from Full House and take over on Extreme Ghostbusters. Oh. 
And that is not. The voice, when I think of Garfield, I think of Peter Benkin, that is not the face that I see. Not at all. His last name's Music? Yeah. <laughs> that was where all the trouble started. We're not entirely sure what happened. Oh, what about the voice of uh, Egon? Maybe it's my dirty mind, but I, I, all the white stuff on the face and the clothing, they need to... <laughs> Yeah, they really think that one out, did they? Yeah, Gozer had a quick one before, time. had a quickie before he, you know, decided to explode. What was Gozer? He, she, it? it was whatever it wants to be. Established. It's whatever, yeah, it was always whatever it wanted to be. In the case of the movies, it happened to be a she. It wanted to be a she, it wanted to be like a short-haired... Butchy. Yeah, exactly, very butchy. That sounds... Oh, gosh, that voice of Egon, though. It sounds so familiar. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> of course, right here, that's like, you know, they try to make Peter, you know, Peter, like, kind of the lazy dope. The animation looks pretty good from no, no, what I would have expected. Yeah, Sometimes you come really back and it doesn't hold up to what you remember. Yeah, you put a lot of money into it. Uh, Marish LaMarche played Egon Spangler, who I'm pretty sure he played, yeah, Brain from Animaniacs. What are we gonna do today, Brain? <laughs> Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. I think the voice is backwards, by the way. Doc, what are we gonna do today, Brain? <laughs> yeah, if all the, you know, why was he Australian? This Limer wants stuff in. Yeah. These cartoons that Maurice Lamarche did during the 70s and 80s. Beanie and Cecil, Dennis the Menace, Popeye and Sons, The Real Ghostbusters, Transformers, Popples, Inspector Gadget, uh, Tailspin, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, the animated series, Captain Planet, Tiny Toons, Tasmania, uh, Bonkers, I don't remember that one. Oh, I remember Bonkers, the cat. The cat they, he, was a, he was a little cat in Toontown, he was a cop. Okay. And really bumbly and stupid. The critic, the tick. <laughs> oh, the critic. Freakazoid, pinky in the brain. Oh, uh, if you do good voice work, you pretty much can do everything. Oh, yeah. Like they tend to do a lot it of just things. Goes on and on and on. Damn, damn, damn! jacking all the food as usual. Yeah, this was on for six seasons, 147 episodes. That's a lot. That's just the original Ghostbusters, or the first Ghostbusters series. I mean, you're not talking three or four seasons that Extreme Ghostbusters is on. That is a long time for a cartoon. That's pretty rare. Oh, you know what? For some reason, I thought this cartoon started after the second movie. It says here it started in 1986. Oh, yeah, it did. 86. Well, when they first started the episode, too, they talked about Gozer, so it must have picked up right after yeah. that. And it wasn't a... I remember there was a... There was a small comic book label called Now Comics. Um, they used to like grab stuff like this and make comics out of it. This one lasted a long time. I remember it was like 30 or 40 issues. Um, so they're defunct. But I wonder if the comics were any good. I've never read them. I only ever read their Fright Night series. Hmm. Fright Night. Um, Based off the movies, Fright Night? Seriously. Fright Night. The actual Chris Sarandon movie. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, as an obsessive over the first Fright Night movie. 
I spent years going around collecting every single issue. In fact, that is before eBay. This is before I get all those issues. I remember I got all of them except for like three or four. Then once eBay started to come around, I was like, I just went and bought the entire set. I didn't care if I had doubles. <laughs> uh, I had like a 3D version. No, but the series only lasted two years. Uh, it's fantastic. Wow. We'll, we'll try to do a Friday Night commentary sometime, and then uh, we'll talk about that more. Oh, gosh. A Friday Night commentary would be the shit. That would be the shit. <laughs> so no one's ever done one for the first two movies. Yeah. Well, as far as the first two movies... Well, the second movie was a bit of a... It actually wasn't as bad as you'd think. It was actually pretty funny. Then again, so was the first one. <laughs> and look. It's pretty weird for just out of nowhere. It's like all of a sudden Slammer's like a guy not trying to be so mischievous. <laughs> I think, I think, I think we just, they needed like a weird semi-antagonist to like... Cause trouble. Yeah. yeah, you know, instead of the bumbling, goofy little they don't have a sidekick that they don't have a all the kids love. Yeah, ghost. I mean, he's basically Urkel. I mean, he's just one little shred of saying, Did I do that? Yeah, it does sound a little bit like him. It's Frank oh, Walker. Uh, Frank Walker. I, the name is all over the place in 80s cartoons. I mean, it's just insane. He, yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. That's for sure. He's known as Freddy in Scooby-Doo, Megatron. Think about that. The voice of Scoo- uh, uh, yeah, I can't think. Uh, Freddy Jones on Scooby-Doo is the same voice that did Megatron. That's crazy. That's all over the place. Dr. Claw. Oh, oh, we were talking about him because uh, during Mortal Kombat, he did the voice of the... Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't remember yeah. what, what it was now. <laughs> just <laughs> that voice, I can't remember the character he did. So the character he did was, uh, and I'm looking it up right now. Frank, Frank, you said Frank Walker was in the new... Was it the latest Mortal Kombat? Uh, no, he was the villain at the very end of the first Mortal Kombat. Like, that last few seconds, he says something. But, oh, you yeah. weak, pathetic... Oh, when he's Shao Kahn. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's... Like, oh, gosh. He has done so much voice work that I only have to letter D and I've already hit, like, 100 titles. Oh, wow. And now we get zombie he's versions of the Ghostbusters. He just did everything. I mean, he's done so much work that on his biography on Wikipedia, he has a whole separate page just for his filmography. <laughs> yeah, as an actor, he's done over 711 jobs. Yeah, and after 2011, he made more money at, like, over all his movies than he appeared in. Mm-hmm. Samuel, I mean, it just, just ridiculous. Then Samuel Jackson just passed him. <laughs> wow. That didn't fit at all. <laughs> that was not the voice I wanted from that ghost. <laughs> not at all. They used to do. They used to be like, "We'll be right back." You know, uh, they still do that. No. no, I don't think they do. No, not these days. And then they used to do the. This episode is brought to you by <laughs> Kellogg's. And of course, you get your cute little poppy songs that you know. I can't even begin to look at his filmography. <laughs> it's page after page. 
Right, so yeah. like, there was definitely tension. There was even in the cartoon. There was still tension between Egon and. Uh, oh God! Why do I keep forgetting her name? Janine. Janine. Yes. Between Janine and Egon, there's definitely tension. I wonder if they introduced Rick Moranis' character later. I mean, he was in the first movie, but as far as the cartoon, not too sure yet. No, that song earlier, was that Tiffany? It sounded like Tiffany. <laughs> I don't know if she was out yet, but it's possible. It's back in the 80s when all yeah. the soundtracks were just from pop artists. The voice work is really good, even though the animation of the mouth is obviously like, you know, the original movie mouth for the most part, nothing yeah. else. <laughs> his hair is insane. Everybody else's hair looks normal. What's up with Egon? I don't know. Yeah, they did. They did want to give him something, curl. something a little more uh, yes. a big old '80s curls, something. Did they think something to like, fit with the he's time? He's a scientist type too, so he's got to look a little more crazy, eccentric. Yeah, more eccentric. Yeah, still stylized. Well, we really thought that nobody with glasses and cells, so they had to give something to the kids would be quite appealing. And yet, his hair is white, so, he, so he, hence the whole well, mad scientist white uh, hair look. He's very new wave. I think those yep. glasses remind me of um, natural born killers, with those very round. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He shaved his head. He'd be crazy looking. <laughs> I'm not messing that dude. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things. You wouldn't see him again for several days. Yeah. He, does, he, did sound, he does sound pretty funny when he was saying that. You know what's funny is, I don't really remember, this is a big hit, but I don't really remember a lot of, like, supernatural-based cartoons around that time. I think maybe the scooby Guys made a comeback, but that was, like, five or six years later, just as this was ending. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good point. Usually cartoons, when they're successful, they spawn something almost exactly copies that, and I don't think it happened with this. <laughs> there are times when he's talking, I swear, he's barely like, eh. Well, no, of course, yeah, with that, well, of course, with the ghost version of himself, yeah, it makes sense. Hey, buddy, you got, like, a Twix bar or something? Okay, the logic, would you, would you make, uh, the logic of how to contain ghosts and storm into a huge container never made any sense to me. I never really got that. Had to tether them. Had to tether them and put them in the trap. Yeah, but I mean, like after that, they store it. I mean, how do you store a ghost? Exactly, like in some big old container. They mentioned it in the movie, and yeah, they surely explained it. So bizarre to me. Well, of course it is. Oh, yeah, and I think uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, was actually he didn't he have a degree? Uh, didn't he have like a science degree? I don't know. I know he's he did. He, he, stuff. Yeah, he was. He did um, that like, TV show Chronicles of the Supernatural. Yeah, he did. And I remember when playing the video game and seeing the special features behind it, he would actually like discuss like you know uh, ectoplasm or any anything to do with the supernatural and what all these like certain these, all of these terms meant and sort yeah. of like you know focusing in like you know pointing out and what's where and how to determine it. Yeah, and he's really carried the Ghostbusters franchise. I mean, he's been integral in getting cartoons going. Um, the video games have been uh, keeping the name alive. I don't think there's going to be a Ghostbusters 3, though. I really don't. Uh, oh, no. After Especially after Harold. Yeah, of course not. No, I mean, you can't do it without it. I do it, just reboot it. I mean, if you use a facelift with some special effects. I mean, you could technically continue it in that same world. Like, they had events before and there were Ghostbusters before. But, you know, kind of make it its own. 
<laughs> that was the most dramatic thing you said the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really pissed. <laughs> you pissed off Ray. You wouldn't want to. You pissed off Winston. Don't blame him. Yeah, Winston's the most underrated. I really despise the fact that through all the promotion of the first movie, Ernie Hudson is never there. Sure, he's not in the entire movie. I just think that he's consciously racist that they did uh, think we That's what it seemed like, because he was just sort of like extra adding, like, oh, we need the fourth black guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's very important the second one. But that first one, they just kind of cast him off to the side. Yeah. So half a charge holds him for a few minutes, a full charge holds him for, what, five? <laughs> they really need to think out. <laughs> Kid logic. Doesn't matter. In five minutes we'll forget anyway. That's like kids aren't, kids don't really care. They don't really want to pay attention. They're like, oh, it's all pretty. It's so cool. It's so magic. So are they crossing? They're crossing streams, yeah. That's what they're not <laughs> supposed to do the entire time. They already could, they already could have, they could have ripped a hole through time or opened up their dimension to another pair, uh, Another paranormal universe. Or hell, they could have, like, you know, brought the dark judges in, and that means Judge yeah. Dredd would have to cross over, and that'd have been <laughs> badass. And this is where they bring Slimer in. And now, while the cartoon did not have a lot of spinoffs or, you know, stuff that it influenced, the movie, of course, opened the floodgates for horror comedy, not horror parodies. Horror, horror comedy. comedy. After that, it was just like for five or six years, it's nonstop. Like comedy uh, mixed in with supernatural stuff. High spirits, critters. Oh, um, uh, there's Transylvania 65,000. Did you really count critters? Critters are more like space aliens. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess they're talking more like supernatural. So, I don't know why I said that. I just think of the horror comedy. Um, I, think people are more, I think people are more open to adding. Oh, yeah, correct. Frighteners was a good one. Oh, yeah. But I mean, not just supernatural, but adding. Um, comedy to horror. Like, a lot of them started gearing that way. I mean, even, like, Jason started adding, like, jokes, and the Freddy movies were heavier on jokes. No, yeah, I guess you're right. If we're talking comedy horror, um, yeah. Critters would count. I mean, especially the small Oh, Critters was just funny. It could not be taken seriously. You had yeah, House, you had Vamp. When I heard about Critters the first time, I wanted to watch that so bad when I was a kid, and I finally got around to it, I didn't realize how campy and silly it was. Oh, yeah. It's well, I mean, scarier than Gremlins. Gremlins helped get the horror comic part across too. Those two. Oh yeah, I feel Gremlins very. Gremlins scarier than. Oh yeah, the first one, the second one's hilarious. What? Then again, I watched Gremlins when I was young, and I watched Critters when I was like 23. So. Yeah, I saw Critters uh, almost immediately after it came out. I don't know why it came out on TV so early after it was in theaters. Uh, I saw it, and I think I was like 11 or whatever. It was like one of the very first scary movies I was allowed to watch. I was not allowed to watch it as a kid. And I would not sit on the ground for like a week because <laughs> Critters would get me, which made no sense. That's hilarious. <laughs> what was I going to mention? Oh no, there was another one that was that was a absolute. I thought hysterical, but I, it just left my mind. Oh, damn it! But then I, I think with Scream coming back, it reinterpreted how you can make horror comedy, and then it just fade away. Yeah. It's just now completely taken over by Saw, that kind of fucking horror. Saw, <laughs> or like emotional gross, you know, just uh, Twilight. God. God forbid, Twilight. I'm so glad it's over. Yeah. I'm so glad it's over. Those aren't even vampires. They're fairies. <laughs> nothing Nothing against fairies. If anything, calling people in Twilight fairies is an insult to fairies. Yeah, I know that was the, I haven't watched much of it, I guess. But then again, that. none of them exist. <laughs> 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 
Hell, I would have kept Slimer too, man. I, mean, I, would have talked, I would have taken him everywhere with me. Yeah? I would have scared him. I would have had him scare the shit out of, you know, especially at work. Like, if people were giving me shit or trying to fuck me over. Huh. It's like, like, in this universe, it's so well established after everything that just happened. I mean, if you see a giant marshmallow man walking down the street, nothing's really going to phase you after that. Yeah. When you're walking down well, the street. It's nice that they took some time to do the background stuff. A lot of cartoons are just minimalized what they shove there. But here they kind of give it a little more yeah. detail. I keep expecting to start talking about lasagnas and hating Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> He's keeping that really sleepy, boring cat voice. Yeah. He doesn't feel very alive. He's just kind of bored. <laughs> that's totally <laughs> that's totally Peter Bankman oh god it stays true to the character that's yeah. for sure that's what's great about these cartoons that's another great thing about these cartoons I mean there weren't a whole lot of movie adaptations into cartoons but they didn't half ass this this is that weird period where they started making cartoons that like Rambo Robocop um they didn't sort of like action oriented it was just weird and they do the dance they do the dance at the end <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, no, yeah, it's all it's all Japanese. It's all Japanese they they yeah. sent it over to Japan to get oh, all this I'm done. I'm curious what uh, what company took it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Deke. Deke. Yes, oh, these are Deke. Deke. Oh, that's Deke. what it was. Now Sony owns it. All right. Well, that's the end of our first episode of Backing Tunes. Um, hopefully, we can get uh, this can be more of a regular thing. Uh, if you have any suggestions for cartoons we should cover, um, we'll try to cover whatever we can. Some we'll go fill an entire half hour with. Uh, but you know, give us something. We'll uh, we'll chit chat about. All right. Have a good night. Uh, sign off. This is Michael. Sign yeah. off. Go ahead, Jacob. Go ahead. Everybody, Wang Chung tonight. This is Jacob. <laughs> and this is Chris. Jacob's going to use that every time. Oh, boy. All right. It's something I can think of until the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody stop listening now. Run away while you can before it's too late. <laughs>